Okay, so today I'm really happy to welcome on the Metaverse show, Richard Kerris. Richard is a good friend of Outliers. I was actually trying to remember if we'd had him on the podcast specifically, and I think we have, but we have had him kindly join us at some of our demo days and online events we did, I think, during COVID. Richard is Vice President, Developer Relations and Omniverse, uh, IGM and M&E at NVIDIA. Welcome. Richard. Thanks. Great to be here. So, I mean, I always like chatting to you. We would do a catch up and I thought, let's kill two birds with one stone and and, and do it in public. So <laughs> thanks for coming on. I mean, you've got a fascinating background, fascinating role, NVIDIA. And of course, I don't think I need to explain NVIDIA, great times in, in the markets at the moment and in the news. So lots of stuff to unpack there uh, related to kind of the AI wave. But of course, uh, as I said in in the intro, you know, you're responsible for the Omniverse. We'd had previous conversations in the context of the metaverse. So really interested to see how and if, you know, your vision for the Omniverse has evolved since uh, we last spoke, albeit off air. But maybe just kind of by way of background, um, you know, you've kind of worked at Apple, Lucasfilm, Amazon, uh, now NVIDIA, but maybe you could just give us a, a, a whistle-stop tour of, of you and your background so people have some context. Sure thing. Uh, again, great to be here. Uh, been in the visual effects and computer graphics industry for many years, early days at Pixar and Alias Wavefront, um, now here at NVIDIA. And, and the beauty is all along that journey, we've been using NVIDIA technology. At Lucasfilm, we did uh, some of the first work using GPUs for visual effects and film. And now it's become pretty commonplace. So it's, it's a great time to be here because we're really focused on advancing the platform of 3D so that everybody can access the power of it. And so what Omniverse is all about is connecting existing tools and technologies and giving them more capabilities. So whether they're workflows for doing product design or layout or factories and warehouse and robotics, et cetera, it's a platform that extends and enhances existing tools and workflows. So we've learned a lot in the, in the few years that we've been <clears throat> out with the technology. And certainly I think one of the biggest areas of impact is the automotive industry, because there is an industry that from conceptual design all the way through to the finished goods to the consumer and even the autonomous driving, there's a role that Omniverse is starting to play significantly across all of those domains. So it's a pretty exciting time right now for us. Yeah, I mean, automotive is interesting because actually if you look at the industries that have been seen to be piling into or being a first mover into you know the metaverse and, and everything else automotive is always ranked in in, in the top three sometimes it's uh, you know number two um and it's kind of non-obvious uh, initially when you're looking at that but somebody highlighted to me previously that you know if you think about what a car's becoming you know it's more of a computer than anything else and increasingly with autonomous driving it'll be more of a media and entertainment space than actually somewhere where you, you're, you know, you're kind of focused on the performance necessarily of, of an experience of driving itself, right? Yeah, I think, you know, the whole automotive workflow has been one that's had a lot of complexities and many different software products along, along its path. So from the conceptual design that an artist or designer may be working on to then taking that information and bringing it to the engineering side and actually trying to manufacture it and then into the factory and how do you build and manage the factory to pr uh, produce the automobile 
and all of the other things that go along in that journey. And so one of the things that Omniverse is really revolutionizing for this workflow is that all these tools can now connect to Omniverse and can work interactively. So you're not exporting and importing along this journey. So it helps to speed that up. But it also does so much more in the factory standpoint. When you have a company like BMW with you know, two and a half million cars a year being produced, when they change a model on the line, there's a lot of major decisions that go on in that factory. How the machines are going to be placed, retraining of robots, parts, that's the safety for their employees and how they manage all of those parts. And by having a true-to-reality digital twin, which is what they're doing using Omniverse now, they can actually see and make all of those decisions in the digital world before they commit to it in the physical world. So this is saving them up to 30% in some of their production costs. And they've been very open about how the impact is, is really driving them to rethink how they manufacture their factories as well as their cars and everything else. As a matter of fact, they have a factory going online this year that will go on digital first. They will have people working in the digital factory, figuring out the layouts and training robots and everything before the physical factory is done in another 18 months. So, I mean, it just goes to show how this is really transforming some of these major workflows and giving them more capabilities every step along the way. So that's pretty impactful. So, I mean, it's interesting, you know, you use the term omniverse. Is it just semantics or is that is there a point of difference between omniverse and metaverse? No, no. Omniverse is the name of our platform. It is a platform that connects and allows for collaboration, brings new technologies into existing workflows. The metaverse, quite simply, is the next generation of the internet. So it is a 3D-centric internet. And what's important about that is today, the, the way you use the internet, you can you know, go from a mobile device to a television, your car, you know, your computer, et cetera, and you have a seamless experience across all of those things. Now, when it comes to 3D, that's not the case today, but that's what the metaverse will bring us. And by doing that, that means I can go into uh, any 3D site and grab an object, manipulate it, see it. I can experience a virtual environment. I can collaborate in a virtual environment with other people in, in working on design and products and things like that. You need that underlying connective tissue to make that happen. And what's really making the, leading the way for that is USD. So USD or universal scene description. Think of it as the 3D of HTML. HTML unified everything on the web so that the experiences were seamless. No more did you have to have a certain browser and this thing, extensions installed and things all went away and now you just you just surf the web, right? And we need the same kinds of things to have a seamless connectivity for 3D. And that's what USD provides us. So we look at the metaverse as a, the next generation of the internet. It's really just, it's not a place, it's not a destination, it's a capability. Omniverse is our platform, and it's a platform, you can think of it more like an operating system for that metaverse. You bring your applications to it, you connect applications to it, you can build on top of it, you can customize it, you can really make it work in any way that you want, depending on your workflow. So we see many different types of industries using it across telecommunications, transportation, media and entertainment, because it, it becomes a natural extension to what they already do, but gives them over 27 years of NVIDIA technology at their disposal. Real-time multi-GPU rendering, AI capabilities, collaboration capabilities across different locations. So you have all of these things without having to replace your existing workflow. And that's what's so important about what Omniverse provides. You know, perhaps more obvious in, in a world of entertainment where increasingly the same tools are being used uh, to make a 
uh, a triple-A game as they are a Hollywood blockbuster movie. And it's interesting that that's now also um, uh, extended into the world of, you know, enterprise manufacturing innovation. There's that kind of convergence of, of tooling and presumably like workflows. Yeah, but the important thing to note on on those differential uh, differences is that in the industrial side, you really can't work with a representation. A lot of times in film and games, you can get away with visual tricks and things like, you know, in order to make your eye believe something, you can use, you know, computer graphics and digital backgrounds, digital mats, etc. cetera. Uh, but when you're in an industrial or warehouse, you have to have a true to reality digital twin, which means that it has to be identical in the physical world to the digital world. Otherwise, your decisions that you'll be making would be representative decisions. And you don't want that when you're making decisions on cars and things you need to have the accuracy. So while there's lots of similarities in the visualization that you see, the high quality, real-time photorealistic rendering of automobiles, interiors, exteriors, et cetera, the, the big difference there is we're actually using the actual data from the engineering side so that the decisions that are going to be made are going to be accurate decisions based on a true-to-reality representation in the digital world to the physical world. And I think that's one of the biggest differentiations that you look at when it's from making a movie to programming a robot in a factory. Right. Yeah. Clearly a very, a very important distinction there. So, um, I mean, you mentioned AI, obviously NVIDIA has been in the news a lot um, with the, the increased interest and demand ultimately for in the world of AI. Could you maybe uh, talk to us about that, you know, it, it is what is the role of AI in the context of the Omniverse and, you know, potentially beyond? It is yet another tool at the disposal of the artists and designers and engineers. You have the ability to use AI as if it was another person in your mix. So perhaps you train the AI on a location and you're an architect building a, a facility and you want to have information about the destination where you're building. Or you can use AI to do other things. As in the entertainment space, you can use it to generate backgrounds and, and, and things simply by prompting it. Um, I know there's lots of talk about like what does AI do for this industry, that industry. But really, if you look at it, is it's just increasing the capabilities and helping to expedite some of the complexities that have traditionally been there. You know, a lot of times uh, in the movie making industry, you know, you have all what's working on the foreground, but then you've got to create things in the background, and a lot of times. That background can just be, you know, traffic or jungles or whatever you're you're doing, but you really want to focus on the, the hero shot. And with AI now and using things like being able to just uh, text to video and other prompts that you can do to create these lush backgrounds and things, you're actually expediting the the time it takes to do those and giving yourself more time on the actual thing that you're doing, the storytelling, the hero shots, etc. So we look at it as just, you know, another tool that you have at your disposal. And there's so many different ways to do it. I mean, I love the fact that ChatGPT and other tools are enabling people to program that have not been developers. You know, it's something that we talk about, you know, our team in, in my world, we lead the Omniverse developer ecosystem. So we're all about developers for the platform, whether they're small or major developers and such. And what we all talk about now regularly is prompting is your new uh, indicator on how you can drive AI to create things for you. So we're showing things in Omniverse today where you can prompt it and it'll create objects for you, or you can prompt it and it'll actually write Python scripts for you. Things. So this really helped to democratize that complexity of computer programming to, to make anybody a developer. 
And we're going to get to the point really soon where I think you'll be in a workflow and you may need a specific tool that you don't have at your disposal. You'll prompt that computer. It'll create it for you. You'll use it as you need and then get rid of it when you're done. So we're going to start to see things like that, instant products that are used in the workflow that you're working on and to be able to customize it to whatever need you have is fascinating. You know, I mean, it's just like, I just need this tool. Well, give me that tool and it'll, and now I'm done with it. So think of what that's going to do for, for different industries. Yeah. And we've had various people on the show coming at this from different angles, whether it's, um, professionals who've worked in say, you know, art direction and all of a sudden can now effectively be a, a one person studio to do photo shoots. We've had game developers, you know, seasoned, uh, gaming industry veterans, 25 years plus, and um, they're now able to create, you know, decent games or see it, it'll be it kind of still, it might be 2D, point and click entirely by themselves. And so I think, you know, natural language uh, programming is is kind of one example of that. But, you know, we're just going to see this Cambrian explosion of creativity as the, as the kind of barrier to create code and everything else is is dramatically reduced so obviously you know omniverse there there is a stack there it's a product there is a stack Um, but i know interoperability is a is a, a kind of key part of that as well right could you maybe talk through how that stack is interoperable with kind of you know the wider metaverse ecosystem and stack and or uh, ai sure thing um and to your point to just kind of kick it off you're you're absolutely spot on about the democratization of the complexities for creators in much the same way that we've seen in in the past with the music industry you can now make hit records and they have done grammy award-winning records on a laptop in a bedroom so we've seen that and i think that same kind of analogy is going to be playing forth here in the graphics and and uh, programming capabilities. Now with Omniverse, it's a it's a platform. It's not a product. We don't build tools. We have some reference tools or applications that we've made that developers are free to have full access to. They can deconstruct it and reconstruct it. They can make it their own, all of that. But at its very core, what Omniverse is, is a platform for connectivity and simulation. So you connect your existing tools via USD. So USD is the connecting uh, that connecting tissue, if you will, to bring all of these things together. Once you're connected to the platform, you have all of these additional capabilities to your existing workflow, which is important because our developers, you know, they didn't want to create new things that their their customers then have to relearn and everything. They want to continue in the workflow that they're accustomed to, but give them new capabilities. And so one of the key features of Omniverse is you're still using the tools that you would always be using, whether you're in entertainment and using Maya or Blender or others, or you're in, you know, construction, you're using Revit, or you're using other different tools, depending on what it is you're doing, you're still using them. But now you have additional capabilities. You can collaborate with other people on different tools that traditionally may not have worked well together. So a lot of times in a workflow, multiple tools are used. And traditionally what would happen is at each step of the way, you would export the work you're doing, the next person would import it in, they would make changes and so on. And it would be this linear fashion. Um, the challenge there is it takes a lot of time. And if you wanna make changes back in the beginning, you have to almost deconstruct everything and go back and do that. When you're live connected, you have the ability to have a non-destructive environment. So you can be connected with tools that normally didn't talk to one another, but now through USD, they're collaborating. 
And you can visualize that and see it in the same virtual environment together. And that's the other thing that we pr bring you is this capability of real-time photorealistic rendering, whether it's small environments or very large factories or even cities. You know, the ability to manage incredibly large data sets is one of the key things that Omniverse provides, which is why the auto industry and others have uh, started to adopt it rapidly because they have very large factories and many, many different components. The BMW factory, for example, over 300 cars. And in that digital twin they have of that factory, it's a CAD accurate digital twin, meaning they can go down to the nuts and bolts of the engine. That's a lot of data to be moving around. And again, to that earlier point, it's a true to reality data. It's not a representation. It's not like playing a game. If you need to get that exact bolt you can have the exact bolt and see it in the digital world that would be duplicated in the physical world. So those are some of the key things that, that Omniverse brings is that connectivity, that collaboration, and the ability to true to reality simulation. And I think that's, that's why it's so impactful right now in so many industries. I mean, the early indicators of success have been phenomenal. We've got over 300,000 downloads because it's free to download for developers. So they're downloading it and i love to see what the community is doing we're seeing small extensions little products we're seeing big products bentley's built a big product other companies are building products hexagon's connected to it rockwell's connected to it all these different major companies see the opportunity to bring their ecosystem into the omniverse ecosystem and when you do that it's really connecting the network of networks so like when a company connects to the platform they're not only bringing their tools and technology to the platform, they're connecting all of the other tools that are already connected to Omniverse into their world as well. And so uh, it's just incredible to see all the work that's being done with the platform. So, you know, you're in a, a really um, unique and interesting position, I guess, in, in the ecosystem, in the stack. You know, on the one hand, it's it's kind of the ultimate picks and shovels in, in, in the AI boom and, 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 of course, like beyond. You're kind of really at the heart of the ecosystem. Um, so you must have an interesting perspective on kind of emergent trends and industries you've, you've kind of alluded to a couple of up front. But if we kind of look forward now over the next 12 months what what excites you um what interesting areas of innovation uh, can we expect so much <laughs> it's a it is hard to get your arms around it at times because uh, again one of the unique things that we are positioned to do is because we're a platform we don't make tools we don't compete with our isvs we don't compete with developers and so that's created a natural connectivity between all these different companies, companies whose products, as I said, wouldn't talk well with one another in the past, but their customers wanted it to. Now they have a way to bring those things together and enhance their customer experience. What we see happening on the horizon is just the amount of digital twin capabilities that's taking off. You know, the auto industry is one that I think you're just going to see a complete domination of Omniverse used throughout the that every step of the way, even through the autonomous driving and having systems to support that. But beyond that, what we're doing like in the in climate change, you know, there's the project of Earth 2 where building a digital twin of Earth will allow us to understand different ramifications that are happening depending on what's taking place in different parts of the world and how it affects our climate. I think that's one of the most impactful things that we're seeing on a grand scale. But you can also look at other things in the areas of healthcare and education and others where you're now bringing this kind of capability to the widest audience. And as we move all of this technology to the cloud, you're going to be able to access it from anywhere and on any device, which has been one of the biggest demands that we've had 
from the, from all industries because as you know today working on a pre on prem you're going to need an RTX based system and not everybody has that or not every platform supports that when we can go to that next level and be in the cloud so that you simply log in and you have access to this power whether you're on a device that never supported an RTX system or you're on one that just needs more power than you've had before you're going to be able to tap into that that's the most exciting thing i see is being able to bring the sheer depth and breadth of power to the widest audience possible simply by logging in that's going to be amazing well look richard it's been great having you on um great to catch up i'm, I'm glad we we did do it on air um so can, uh, people can share in, in in the excitement as i said you're a fascinating person with a fascinating background in a really unique position in everything that's happening right now so i'd highly recommend um, people follow you and and, and um, kind of benefit from everything that you're seeing there. Thanks so much for coming on, and we'll definitely check in with you um, in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great to be here. And for everyone uh, that's coming to SIGGRAPH uh, in August, we look forward to seeing you there. And if not, just stay tuned. You'll hear about a lot of things that's going on there. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3.